This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. No, it is not. It is the damn masterpiece. Mm-hmm. With Derek Holland, former, current Major League pitcher. Sorry, I didn't want to say former. I, I like that you did are put you, are that you together, though. 84 game winner? Is, I, 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 I think I'm 84. 85 and 85. 80, okay. 85 and 85. Let's say 85 and 80. I don't know. All right. We have give you the benefit of the doubt. Alec yeah. with Thank a you. K, Medford. <laughs> Not Alex Bassick, okay? Not a major league pitcher, but he does like the major leagues. Yeah. And Are you me. a gamer? Yes. Okay, there you go. Major league gamer. It's yeah. my it's my intro, okay? Oh, sorry. Uh and me, Mike Bassick, former major league pitcher, 10 game winner, double digit winner. <laughs> Derek, you have double digit wins and so do I. Until you get I did to, it in one year. Until you get to triple digit to wins, <laughs> deal with it. Okay. We're exactly the same. So let's start this show. Kevin and Corey will be back tomorrow. They wanted to celebrate presidents. Um the All-Star game last night. I am 45 years old. I fell in love with the NBA in the mid-80s, right around 84, 85. Uh, I know it might sound early for people, but I really loved sports as a a little kid. And my dad could take me to the games and I would be following the score and into the game at four or five years old. It did not take me a long time. I didn't just want cotton candy. I wanted to watch the game. So I can remember the All-Star game being here in Dallas. My dad taking me to the All-Star weekend. I didn't go to the game when Isaiah Thomas won the MVP here in 86. But I did get to see... Larry Bird won the three-point competition. Spud Webb beat Dominique Wilkins in the slam dunk competition. And the competition in the All-Star game was amazing. In the 80s, I guess there was respect from Magic Johnson and Larry Bird being the face of NBA basketball that they wanted to respect all of the old-timers that were there because they'd have an old-timers game. I think it was called the Schick Old-Timers game, like the Razor and so you would see these Oscar Robertsons and Rick Berries and whoever playing basketball on Saturday. The the Legends game. I don't know what I think that's what it was called. And so they had these respect for this NBA game that these guys built and we are building further. We're going to play. We're, we're going to play defense, not like. NBA Finals defense, but we're going to play regular season somewhat defense, and we're going to try to get rebounds, and we're going to try to score, but it's not going to be easy to score. And Alec, you are how old? 21. 21. And I forgot about Slim Scotty. Sorry, Slim Scotty, I didn't say you're here today, but Joey Erickson is here today. Joey, how old are you? 23. 23. So this is great. Because you guys never watched a Larry Bird, Magic Johnson All-Star game. You kind of never watched a Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley All-Star game. Are you okay with or were you intrigued with last night's NBA All-Star game? So am I intrigued? No. Am I okay with it? 
in a weird way, yes, just because it's sort of all I've ever known. You know, this is what it is. I I truly don't think there's any reason for either team to be scoring 184 points like we saw. Uh, that's just a lack of effort. That's just lazy. Jason Tatum scoring 55. You know, it's fun on paper, but watching it go down in person, it's just the entertainment value is gone. The skills challenge is more intriguing. The dunk contest with, you know, G League guys coming up now and doing it, that was more intriguing. The game itself has lost value more and more over the years. I know basketball was my first love growing up, and, you know, those early years of sports watching, it was at least a little bit competitive, a little bit, you know, like, Jason Kidd was one of my favorite players growing up towards the end of his career. Right around that era, like mid-2000s, it was it was still okay. It was respectable. It's just gotten worse each year. So the entertainment value, it's diminished, but I kind of just accept it for what it okay. is. And that's where I'm at with it. I I don't know anything else. Yeah. You know, this is all I've known. So it's like, it is what it okay. is, but I don't sit down and watch every single minute of this game. I watched maybe 10 minutes of the game. Derek, my 13 and 14 year olds who I thought, you know, they like the NBA. They don't love it, but they like watching it. They were out after I was like, after three minutes, I was out. And then I got, I went upstairs, took a shower, getting ready for bed. And I came back downstairs because my wife was like, hey, just like hang out with them. You don't even have to watch the game. I was like, all right. And they had both given up on the game 10 minutes later after I came downstairs. Uh, yeah, I saw your tweets. I saw you had checked out and then the kids checked out. Uh, the one thing I'd say is, <clears throat> the All-Star Weekend usually was pretty good. I always love watching, you know, three-point contest and then the slam dunk contest, which this year was a little bit better, the slam dunk contest. I'll give it that. I, I kind of I watched a little bit of it. I was kind of enjoying that. Can you remember the first year you were into the All-Star Weekend and All-Star Game? Like what? A, a I age? couldn't tell you. High school? Yeah, it's probably before that. My dad loved basketball. My yeah. dad, honestly, I feel like my dad would have preferred me and my brother to have played basketball. And become I mean, the next Pete Maravich at LSU? Yeah, Average which I forgot I told you that. He, yeah. My dad loved Pistol Pete. But I would say that, like, I know you guys are kind of bashing on the All-Star game a little bit. I, I agree with you. I, I didn't really like it that much, but I did like seeing, like, the alley-oops and the dunks that they were doing. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool because you're getting to see, like, Joker throwing one to LeBron or, you know, uh, Kyrie throwing one to Abid or Abid. Uh, so, I mean, that was to me, I thought that was cool. You're getting to see that. But it do, it does suck like a 182 to 175. Like that's I don't know. Joey, how are you with it being in your early 20s and growing up with this is the all star game? Yeah, I remember really getting into it around the Blake Griffin dunk contest where he jumped over the car that's when I really remember watching it for the first time and yeah. I'm kind of on the same boat as Alec where I've just kind of accepted it but the more intriguing parts of it to me at least was watching like Tatum and Brown go at it a couple of times down the floor they're doing some one-on-ones because it seemed like there was a little bit of competition a, a little bit of ego there like hey I'm better than you they're on the same team but it is just it's a three-point shooting gallery at that point like watching Damian Lillard just pull up from half court you know, three or four times down the floor, it, it, it kind of gets a little annoying. But, yeah, it's 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 just not very entertaining. I watched it. I did just to have it on the background because I didn't want to watch the XFL, to be honest. But yeah. well, that's what it, I was gonna it say. is hard to watch. You had that or you had the XFL? The debut mm -hmm. of the XFL, which we're not going to dive into. Cause I already Coming know. up at 1245, we'll talk about how I went to Netflix golf show. We, yeah, we, could, we could do that. But so. I, I do want to say the other thing, and I agreed with you. You texted with me about this privately. It kind of got ruined. It's no longer East versus West. It's more of like you pick your team, I pick my yeah. team kind of thing. I, 
I don't really like I, that. I like seeing you're representing the yeah. West and you're representing the East. I'll get into that in a second. Alec, what did you think of the um, picking of the all-star teams before the game? I don't like the way they did it this year. The whole try not to hurt anybody's feelings yeah, by flipping the order. Insane. That was very curious, if you ask me. You know, a lot of these things about the all-star game, the the concept of it, the format that they've moved towards, it all seems cool on paper. But then when you watch it go down in real time, it's just not there. Yeah. I, I don't understand what it is because on paper, it's like, yes, you have two of the NBA's best players. You have one of the best ever in LeBron James. You have Giannis, who didn't even get to play, unfortunately. But you have these guys picking, handpicking their favorite players that they think are going to go win them a game. It just doesn't transpire the way you think it would. So on paper, I think it's cool. It just doesn't work out the way you think. And you didn't like it either, Derek, the picking of a team. No, I'm not a big fan of that. It's, I mean, isn't it supposed to be like the fans vote anyway? That's how it is with the All-Star game. With the starters. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then the reserves are picked by the coaches I, and the players. I hate that. Oh, well, we better pick these guys first. So nobody's feelings get hurt. Get out of here with that. I'm sorry. I'll tell you this, and this is the only way to save it, and I don't think it's care to say. By the way, I do blame LeBron for this. I know the LeBron lovers are like, it's not. What are you talking about? This game's always been this way. I'm like, well, you're too young to have watched you go go back to YouTube and just watch 1987. Go watch 1993. Go watch 1998. Go watch Kobe, his first time in an All-Star game, and see if his points were scored because they just let him score or that he kind of had to try to score. Like, there was somewhat defense. I'm not saying it was locked down, you know, U.S. versus Croatia defense in the Dream Team era, but, like, you could – there was defense. You had to – if you scored, you scored for the most part. Or you got out on a fast break and got a three-on-two or two-on-one. Is It is – LeBron decided to turn it into this, and the players are just following the greatest player of this era. LeBron's like, no, we don't try. We allow wide-open dunks. We allow wide-open threes. We let them do whatever they want. And then I was watching – when I got done with the shower and the game was still on near the end of the first quarter, Reggie Miller and Candace Parker were like, especially Reggie's son. All right, this is where it's going to get good. This is where it's going to get great. It's the Elam ending from Twitter. Elon Musk ending. That's what I call it. But it never got good. They, it was it, it tied and nobody cared. They were just like, hey, you want to dunk it? Dunk it. You want to shoot a wide open three? Nobody cared. that there's no Nobody cares about their charity. They're like, I don't care if we win or lose. Like, I just want to not play in this game. Here's how it could change, though, guys, and I'd love your thoughts on this, and I know they won't do this because it wouldn't be truly your 24 best players in the NBA. The only way to do it, because I do think Luka, Jokic, uh, Antetokounmpo, Embiid, I think all of these guys want to destroy the United States of America. If you made it, hey, we're not doing the 24 best players. The 12 best United States players, and those will all be all-stars. You take your 12 best United States players... And now Luka and Jokic and, and, and Embiid and, and Giannis, they're going to pick Sabonis. They're going to make a team too. And maybe like Josh Giddy's on it or Porzingis. Like you got to do, you got to get 12 guys. Wibin Yamba next year could be on that team, on the world team. I guarantee you the United States doesn't want to get embarrassed by the world by 50 points in an all-star game. And I think all of a sudden it becomes really serious of the pride of because – I think there's a lot of pride in United States basketball that it's better than the world. And if you put world versus U.S., I think all of a sudden everybody cares. And I know the world's going to care tremendously. Mm -hmm. And if they win by 50 that first time because the United States is like, what are you guys doing? 
they'll start caring again. I think that's a great idea. It opens up a lot. shows for the foreign guys that are playing, you know, you're representing the country. Those guys are going to want to come, or you're inspiring the youth to want to come over and play NBA basketball too. And you're taking on USA. You're taking on LeBron. You're taking on those guys. I think that'd be a huge thing. I think that would really turn things up big time for the All-Star game. And it'd be a little more meaningful. Yeah, they did it for Alex. They did it for the the young game, whatever they call it, the young superstar game. Yeah, or the rising stars. The rising stars. Yeah. They do that, and I think at this point, Why not do you it? need to do it for the All-Star game or quit the All-Star game. Just You're getting more. I think it's good because you're getting more foreign players coming over here. There were five foreign players that were in the starting 10. Yep. So if you look at it and you go, well, how would this work? How, I mean, many, how many total, though? Sabonis makes six. I don't know. I, that, that's combined on both. So I, mean, I, I know you said, obviously, five. There were five, like out of the 10 all-star starters, five of them were were foreign players. So how many, my question would be, how many is there total right now that were in the all-star game? I don't, and I'm sorry, I don't know this. I don't know where Bam Adebayo is born. Okay, I know he played at Kentucky, and I'm sorry, I don't know his whole history. Like Embiid played at Kansas, but I know Embiid is not from the United States of America. He would play on the world team. Uh, I know Sabonis would be a world player. So that's six. And I don't remember every. I didn't watch right, the right. game. No, I know, I know. That's but why I'm just curious. You it's, might add Josh Giddy, who's a very good player for Oak City, and all of a sudden I do think it becomes serious because some of these world players would be like, "Dude, I'm in the All Star game, like, and we're gonna try to beat them." Now, would it open up a spot for maybe not yet, but would it open up a spot for Josh Green all of a sudden if he keeps improving? That Josh Green would be a guy, and you're like, "Dude, we want to win this game. We want a dude who's just gonna try to lock down on Jason Tatum. We want a dude for for 15 minutes." And all of a sudden, you're starting to pick a team that you're like, no, we want to we want to beat the United States of America. But here comes the big concern, too, that I know would happen. Okay, you're on that team. You got Luka out there. You're the Maverick. You're Jason Kidd. You don't want him going all out in the All-Star game that's really not meaningful. I understand. So that's going to be something that's also going to get a lot of attention from other people is, well, he's out there. And now, what if he gets hurt in the All-Star game? Now we have a big issue. Now we're really upset. And then you're going to come back with, well, he shouldn't be playing that hard in the All-Star game. It's I- a, I it's understand. And you, you don't want to play him 35 minutes. Right. I totally no. get it. But nobody's ever got hurt in the All-Star game. Like, I mean, they are trying to avoid fouls. And I know people are like, LeBron James got hurt. Like, he didn't get hurt last night. Like, he hurt his pinky finger for a second. And he's just like, I don't want to really play in this anyways. I'm almost 40 years old. And he's playing great at 38 years old. Right, but came out from a cap, Like, literally, right? nobody has gotten hurt playing this. Find me the guy. Kobe played in at 18 years. Michael Jordan played in at 13 years. Magic and Larry played in at 10 years. All of these guys played in an all-star game. And none of them got hurt. I understand why the Pro Bowl had to stop doing it. But I don't understand why the NBA is like, we can't play 12 guys approximately 24 minutes for our best players and 15 minutes for our second best players. Why we can't play that? Nobody in the history of the NBA game has ever gotten hurt playing in the all-star game i know it could happen and might happen but it's it's really weird we're trying to avoid an injury that's never happened in the history of basketball yeah i I would like to see the international appeal the the business aspect of it too you got to think about that all the eyes that would be on it globally maybe that helps increase the pace of play and the sense of urgency yeah i'd like to see it all right alec coming up next you're going to take over the lead as we talk a little Lamar Jackson hmm. to the NFC next. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. 
from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we really need new phones t-mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iphone 15s and each line is only 25 dollars a month new iphone 15s it's better over here. only at t-mobile get four iphone 15s on us and four lines for 25 bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It is the damn masterpiece on 105.3 The Fan. It's Derek Holland to my radio right. Current MLB pitcher. Yes, current, current. Mike. The current D. you. We former, call him the D. Former Texas Ranger. <laughs> yeah, he brings it every day. Hey. Sometimes Wednesdays. Current MLB player, former Texas Ranger, current video gamer as well. Check Thank him you. out on Twitch. Thank you. Uh, former Texas Ranger Mike Bassick. Current Major League broadcaster Alec Medford oh! with you. <laughs> Until in my face, two o'clock today, we will be with you. Until then, then we will give way to Eric Chiafalo and Brian Broadus of the G Bag Nation. Also, keep it turned on and left on today because we have a giveaway in the noon o'clock hour for some tickets to the Frisco Baseball Classic happening at Riders Field out in Frisco, March third and March fifth. So you don't want to miss that. But right now, and fourth, and fourth. There we go. (laughs) Math is hard sometimes. But right now, we do have to get into this Lamar Jackson conversation because this whole saga with Lamar out in Baltimore is getting even weirder by the day. 
You have the head coach coming out and saying at the podium, hey, he's 200% going to be here next year, but you won't comment on the long-term future. You have the reports that they might be $100 million in guarantees apart. There's a lot to be answered here. You have the questions with Lamar Jackson being represented by himself and his mother. How is that going to get involved with the relationship between the team? But the question is, how would Lamar Jackson fare in the NFC? Would he be even more dominant if he was in the NFC? And one point that I would like to bring to the table about Lamar Jackson, if you want to talk about scoring defenses in the NFL, in 2022 into 2023, this past season, Nine of the top half of the league in scoring defense were AFC teams. So he is consistently going against some of the best scoring defenses in all of the NFL. The NFC is not so well represented in scoring defenses and in rushing defenses as well. So that opens up so many windows for Lamar Jackson. So Mike posed the question earlier before the show. What if he gets sent to a team like the Atlanta Falcons who are reportedly infatuated with him. They tried really hard and almost got to Sean Watson. You know, uh, about a year ago, now he's with the Cleveland Browns. They made a strong offer. There you go, Derek. Had to fit that in for you. But thank you. There, there's a lot there. They have Cordero Patterson. They have Kyle Pitts. They have a younger head coach that is hungry, that the guys love to play for. They have a surprisingly good defense for a bunch of no-name players that are not household names. These are some guys that... With a franchise quarterback like Lamar Jackson, if you franchise tag him, put the non-exclusive tag on him, go get a couple first-round picks for him in the process, they extend him. That could be fun. So I pose the question, what do we think about Lamar Jackson in the NFC? I think he would dominate in the NFC South. If we, And that's where, obviously, the Falcons are. You get to play in, the, in two domes. It's nicer weather the whole time. He's going to thrive in that. Uh, he obviously did well in the cold weather, too, up north with Baltimore. So mm-hmm. I just think with that division, how weak it is to begin with, I think he just he he kills it there. I think he'd also do pretty good in the NFC East. Mm. Just because he's such a mobile. The thing is, mobile quarterbacks are hard to stop. Yeah. You have to plan accordingly to that. Like, it's a whole separate game plan. I just think if he can get to Atlanta, and I, this is really weird because I'm not – if I'm his mom, because his mom is his agent, I mean, that – literally is who it is he did not hire what you'd consider a professional agent he's like i'm gonna take all 100 percent of this money and however much money i want to give to my mom i'm gonna give to my family new orleans doesn't look like they're gonna be a very competitive team next year tampa i know that tom brady didn't have the best of years but now i don't know who's gonna be their quarterback next year they don't even know right now who their quarterback's going to be next year the panthers they're, they're still a team that's trying to figure out where in the world are they going, and maybe they draft a quarterback. I don't know. So if you can give him the Atlanta Falcons in such a bad division, he's been winning, and Derek, you know this being a Browns fan, he's been winning 10 to 12 games every year he's healthy in a very tough division. Obviously, the last two years, Cincinnati has been very good forever. Pittsburgh has been good. I know Cleveland has had their ups and downs. That one year with Baker Mayfield, they were good. Uh, And he's figured out a way throughout this whole thing to win 10 to even 13 games in a regular season. I think if you put him in Atlanta, they go from a 7-win team to easily a 10-win team, if not a 12-win team. And if you win 12 games and you are a division winner, it sets yourself up pretty darn good to win in the playoffs. Well, they treat him as if he's he could be the next Michael Vick, the way he is. I mean, especially go to Atlanta. You play around that guy. You said Kyle Pitts. You got him there. I don't know any other weapons with with Atlanta, but I mean, he's going to 
move the ball around very well. I mean, he's going to either he's going to run or he's going to flip it off to whoever out there. So I think that's a huge pickup if Atlanta were to do that. I think they instantly become the favorites. Second year receiver Drake London as well. You could see if he would take the step with an elite quarterback like Lamar Jackson, argue elite or not, if you want. And let me ask you guys this from the other side of it. If you're Baltimore, and it doesn't seem like Baltimore is committed to Lamar Jackson long-term, maybe they franchise tag him and have him for one more year and just, I don't know, I don't know what else they need to see. They they know he's been there now from 2018 till now. They have the eighth overall pick. So I'm assuming the eighth overall pick would be part of this trade. If you are the Baltimore Ravens right now who are picking later in the draft, 23rd, I guess you can say 22nd because Miami has to forfeit the 21st overall pick. If you get the eighth overall pick and then next year's first round pick from the Atlanta Falcons, which you're going to have to assume is going to be a playoff position. So somewhere between pick 19 and 32, probably not 31 or 32, but probably 19 to 30 is where you're expected that pick to be. That's not too bad. Now, maybe you get another couple picks in there, and I could see them getting maybe no more first, but the eighth overall pick is a top. You get, you know you're guaranteed a top 10 pick, and then you get another first the next year, and then you're probably going to get, let's say, a third and a fourth round pick, maybe one this year, one uh, the next year. That's not a bad return if you don't totally believe in the quarterback. I don't hate it because if you take those two, let's say they get two ones out of this, that that would be the bare minimum I would expect. Right. You could make a double move there. You could flip those two picks and move up this year because you've got some good quarterbacks this year. you got some good quarterbacks next year coming out of the draft. But if they say, hey, we really love C.J. Stroud, they could take those two picks this year's and next year's and flip up into you know the 3-4 range. They can make that move work. The Arizona Cardinals, you know, they're in the top four. They don't necessarily need to be in the top four. It's a bad team, but they've got their quarterback. they got a new head coach that's going to try to grow around them. You could entice them with an offer good enough there. You could get you a C.J. Stroud if, for whatever reason, they love Will Levis. They could go make that move. Or if they just want to, you know, hang tight and think maybe, oh, Anthony Richardson could slip to us. Let me ask you this, and I know they won seven games last year, and I know that teams don't really do this in the NFL. I do think Caleb Williams is the next special quarterback to enter the NFL. Now, I I do think Stroud has a lot of good qualities. I, I think that Bryce Young has a lot of good qualities. I'm not taking anything away from them, but if... At number two, I'm assuming Houston's going to take a quarterback. Mm -hmm. And I'm assuming at number one, the other quarterback's going to be taken. Whether it's Young or Stroud, I think they're going to go one-two. So if they don't trade up to one-two, I just wonder. It's very tough to do, but to tank a whole season. And if you end up with Caleb Williams, if you're Baltimore, I might look at this bigger picture. Let's trade uh, Lamar Jackson today. Let's get two first, a third, and a fourth. And we get rid of having to pay our quarterback $45 million a year because that's what he's going to get paid on a long-term deal. How bad can we be next year? Cincinnati should still be a really good team. Cleveland should be a better team that they have Deshaun Watson in camp and that he's going to be practicing with them all offseason. And Pittsburgh is always a solid team. They're always going to be around 500, if not better. That's just who they are. I'm just wondering if you go 0 and 6 in your division. Now people lose jobs doing this. It almost has to be an organizational deal of like we're not going to fire you for doing this. We need you to do this without letting anybody know cuz obviously Miami lost a lot of money because of this. But if you can get Caleb Williams out of this, dude, it's a no-brainer for me. Well, I think too with that 
you already know, like you said, Cincinnati is going to run away with it probably. And then it's Cleveland and, and uh, Pittsburgh battling it out. Why not? Go ahead. Let's get rid of Lamar. Let's get let's start building now. We can get some pieces, and then that way we try to get Caleb yeah. Williams. Yeah, and you trade so other start, things too. Yeah, so start going ahead. Let's go ahead and do our rebuild now, and let's get some other key pieces that we need. So that way, when Caleb's here, he's comfortable. We've got pieces behind him, so it's not just like, hey, here you go. Set up your cap the way that you, mm-hmm. when, when the 2024 draft comes, you have multiple first-round picks, if not three first-round picks. Maybe uh, if you get pick eight in this year's draft and you have a later pick, maybe you trade it and say, we're not going to take both of these picks right now. We're actually going to trade for a third-round pick this year and your first-round pick the next year. We'll drop all the way down to the third round, but if somebody really wants, let's just say, the 22nd overall pick, go, all right, you guys really love somebody who's fallen in this draft? We'll, tra- we'll trade out of the first round. We want your first round pick next year and your third round pick this year to do it since you found somebody you love so much. And now I have the uh, Atlanta Falcons pick next year. I have my pick next year. And I have, let's just say, um, Jacksonville loves some offensive lineman that dropped or something. And I know it's not going to be maybe the best pick next year. But now I have Jackson. Now I have three first rounders. I have a second rounder. I have two third rounders. I have two fourth rounders going into the 2024 draft. I have a lot of capital, and I've set myself up to have a bad team to go get Caleb Williams to eventually take that one-year hiatus to then replace Lamar Jackson. To me, that would be the smart thing to do. If you do not believe a Lamar Jackson can win it all, which I think Baltimore is now to their – their conclusion is Lamar is not – in the category and never will be in the category of Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow or maybe even Herbert, maybe even Trevor Lawrence. They don't like that style for a championship quarterback. Well, if that's the case and you want more of a passing quarterback with athleticism, then you need to get out of this situation. And really somebody do. will take Lamar Jackson. Someone oh, yeah, will take him. Yeah, like the Falcons you mentioned I saw on the truckright.com text line 877 uh, New Orleans was thrown out there. Another team that needs a quarterback. They're a little bit deficient in terms of uh, capital to move around. But there are plenty of teams out there that could look at their situations and say, we're loaded right now. We got to make it work right now. You could see Tampa Bay get involved. You could see a number of teams because that's still a really good quarterback. You can say what you want about his passing and whatnot. That's, yeah. that's a serviceable quarterback, a more than serviceable quarterback. And we always overshadow the fact he was NFL MVP once upon a time for a reason. But and always wins 10 or more games. Exactly. And a lot of the time, it's in spite of what's around him. Because I've seen lots of texts flow in. He doesn't elevate receivers around him. What receivers does he have around him? Sammy Watkins in the back end of his career, and then he gets waived by week eight? What's he got to work with? He had the with? dude that went to Arizona, but he didn't like shine in Arizona either. I'm sorry, the OU uh, wide receiver. I'm drawing a blank Yeah, Hollywood on. Brown. There, thank you. Yeah, so like, there's never really been the perfect storm around him, and they've still, as you mentioned, found ways to make it deep into the playoffs and win. Yeah. So there's going to be teams that want to make this work. And then you talk about the Ravens' future. I love the idea of just saying, hey, if we know, if we have any question whatsoever, we need to get out now because they have $24 million in cap this year. You can expand that even more with restructuring. You can get Lamar Jackson off the books. If you go into next season with anything over 50, 60 million in cap, you get your quarterback and you can build a really fun team right then and there. And then your sales pitch in free agency is hey, we're taking Caleb Williams number one. Yeah. And I want to come here. And I'll tell you what, if you are in the NFC South going back to the other side, if you get Lamar Jackson, you run away with that division. 
Absolutely. It's, it's not competition. Lamar wins you 10 games minimum, if not 13 games. You win that division. You get home field. You know that he's a younger quarterback that I still think this. And I don't know if everybody believes this, but I still think Lamar Jackson can improve as a passer. I do think he's limited as a passer. He'll never be a great passer in this league. But I do think he can still keep improving as a passer. And if and if I am, Atlanta obviously has a lot of interest in him. If I'm picking eighth and I'm Atlanta, I'm willing to give up that pick for Lamar Jackson. If I'm at nine and I'm the Carolina Panthers, I feel like if I'm the Carolina Panthers and if they want my ninth overall pick and next year's first round pick and I have to throw in a couple of fillers to make it work. And I know people love third and fourth round picks, but to me, they're fillers that can end up being good players or they can end up being Jalen Tolbert. And we don't know how he's going to turn out, but he looks like a guy that's not going to make it in the NFL. I hope he does, but it looks like he's not going to make it in the NFL. Then I do it if I'm Carolina, because if I do it, I set myself up. I think the next three years, I'm winning that division the next three years. And that is a good freaking pick. If if, If I tell you that the Atlanta Falcons with the eighth overall pick, and let's just say next year's 15th overall pick, throw them kind of in the middle of the pack. Those two picks, I guarantee you, those two picks will lead us to the playoffs in 25, 26, and 27 automatic playoff bids. They'd say, that's an unbelievable draft you had in those two years. I would definitely take take him right away if I'm the Falcons. I mean, he's a guy that's going to spread the ball around. He, You were talking about his passing. <clears throat> I think he's a pretty good mobile passer. He can move and, and throw it, so it makes it a little bit harder, or actually it makes it a lot harder for the defense to figure out if he's going to pass or he's going to run. So to me, I think it's a it's a easy no-brainer let's go get him from the falcons or whatever somebody's got to get him and they were ready to put all their eggs in one basket for deshaun watson there should be no reason that they won't be ready to do the exact same for lamar jackson this offseason or next offseason however long this drags on it's going to be really fun to see how this shakes out this offseason to see when he gets tagged it's Matter of when, not if, really, and see how that really all unfolds. But coming up next, we hand it back over to Mike Bassick for some baseball nuggets with Mike Bassick and Derek Holland. All right, the five players with the most to prove in the American League West. Let's talk some Rangers and around the division next. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, it's damn masterpiece today with Derek Holland, Alec Medford, Mike Bassick, and Slim Scotty Joey Erickson running the board here. It's time for baseball nuggets. Now, let's talk about the players with the most to with the most to prove in 2023. And let's start it off with our Texas Rangers in the American League West. 
It is Leody Tavares. Leody had a great first half. Now, he didn't start the year in the major leagues, but when he got brought up in, I believe it was late May. It might even have been the start of June, but he ended up being very, very, very good. Now, by August and September, I don't know exactly what happened if pitchers started really pitching to his weakness. Now, he's been up and down in the major leagues since 2020, so there's enough on him that you have an idea of his strengths and weaknesses, but he really struggled down the stretch. And it says here about Leody Tavares, the Rangers' top prospect in 2020, Tavares has endured a roller coaster of an MLB career since making his debut that season. Due to the cancellation of the minor league season in 2020, he made his debut without taking a single AAA at bat. He's shown flashes of potential, but has yet to truly reach the ceiling the Rangers expect him prior to his debut. He slashed 261, 309, and 366 in his 99 games last season, but Texas wants to see more consistency from the outfielder to solidify him into the 2023 lineup. No, go ahead. I was letting you continue. I, I, I think that he has the job in center field right now, but I don't think it's locked down. I do think that Bubba Thompson can be your opening day center fielder if spring training went really bad for Leody, but it'd have to go bad. It'd have to be like, oh, man, like, do, do we need to send him to AAA? I don't know if we want him to be just our – Backup. I do think he'll be on the major league team no matter what, and I do think he's going to have a good enough spring training that he will be your center fielder on opening day and will get you know a crack at it through the whole month of April to show that he belongs as an everyday player. His defense is great. He's one of the best defensive center fielders in the game. He obviously is an inconsistent hitter, but Alec, I think it's good that he is going to bat ninth. They're not going to push him to a leadoff spot. I thought last year when things were going well, and I'm like, man, see if he can lead off. And they said, no, we're going to stick with Simeon. And I guess I'm glad they did because as the year kept going, he was tapering off as a hitter. Yeah, it's always really disappointing to see. It feels like this is a common theme with Leody. It's the longer he stays up, I don't know, like you said, I feel like it's more pitchers kind of tailoring to his weaknesses as they start picking up on things. But his defense in center field is... You know, if he, you give him a few years, he could be an elite center fielder. Yeah, he has and a chance to win gold glove. Yeah, and then his base running is also super valuable. I know you have new management in town, but under Chris Woodward, you know, the base running won you a lot of games. And that speed is something that you could really benefit from if he can hit consistently and get on base. So if he could get the walk percentage up, if he could hit, you know, he doesn't have to be, you know, a 2020 guy. He doesn't have to do anything crazy. If he can just be a consistent enough hitter to bat in that nine hole and keep that center field position, your outfield is going to look a little bit better when you have questions in left field to address with Bubba Thompson's of the world and what have you. I don't really know enough about the Rangers as much. I mean, obviously, I'm going to be diving more into it, but I think a guy that, to me, that needs to to really improve this year, just get himself back onto the map, uh, just because of the guys that I know, Adalis, I think he needs to really get his name back out there again, be the guy that he was when he first got called up. Um, the expectations are going to be high. And then also on the pitching side, I think you're going to see a big improvement. Uh, I think a nice little jump from Taylor Hearn okay. in the relieving side. Yeah, I do like him as a reliever. I think he, he really throws at 100% as a reliever. I think he was kind of maybe trying to hold back as a starter, and he just doesn't have – 
you know, he's not John Smoltz or Verlander. Those are two guys I can recall that I know hold back to start a game or Bartolo Colon throughout his career. And they can still get 12 outs without really throwing but at 80%. And then as the game progresses, get to 100% and then get a, a CG. And that's back in the day. But let me ask you this, Derek, because you were around for this. How much did it hurt the development of a lot of these young players we're about to talk about? Leody being one, we're about to talk about Jared Kelnick in Seattle, Joe Adele in uh, L.A. with the Angels. How much did it hurt that 2020 year that they didn't get to play minor league baseball? It hurts a lot, um, especially, you know, you only had uh, – it sounds like they only selected like a certain amount of people that could go to the uh, – whatever, the other fe- – the the minor league side of it, I guess you could say, where there's – you know, it's just people there just to kind of – Eat well, they practice. It was I got to do the um, pre and post game show that year for all the road games, and that was with David Murphy. When we were there, those guys were practicing at the ballpark in I call it the ballpark in Arlington, but Globe Life. They were practicing there because that's where they played because they had a certain amount of guys that they could have there. If guys got hurt or guys got COVID, they could call up from that spot, and all they were doing was practicing. Uh, playing inner squad kind of situations or hitting off a ma- machine so they didn't really get to have the they development have true, they needed. Yeah, they didn't have a true, like, atmosphere. And it was the, you know, you're playing at the alternate site and it's just like, here, you're just going to throw and try to get some reps. Yeah. It's not the same thing as playing, you know, at Frisco on Thursday night in, against San Antonio or yeah. whatever. There's a different atmosphere to that or a different feeling to that. So it does hurt a lot, It, it especially with your big prospect guys. It's like they kind of take a step back because – you're not getting the same work that you really would yeah. in a real game. No, and I'm with you. So let's move to other players in the American League West to really watch here. And I just mentioned one, and it's Jared Kelnick. Now, he was the number four overall prospect in all of baseball. Not number four for Seattle, but in 2021, number four in all of baseball was traded from the Mets over to Seattle. And everybody thought, this is going to be a dude. This is going to be a guy who is just going to bat in the high 200s he's going to pop 30 home runs how about this in two years he has 500 at bats in his 500 major league at bats he has a 168 batting average and a 251 on base percentage he has 21 home runs last year and 163 at bats he had a 141 batting average i think this is it for jared kelnick i I know he still has somewhat prospect status. He was the sixth overall pick in 2018 draft. But this is – Seattle's in winning mode, Derek, and you know this. If you're in winning mode, I can't be in the – I can have a guy batting 150 in my lineup. Yeah, but that's, the thing is that I was trying to get to – he got fast-tracked, and it was exactly what we talked about with the crosstalk. He didn't have he didn't have any success. Like he, he just got straight here. Go up to the big leagues. You deserve this. We never really got to see him in the minor leagues, so it's like – you don't know how well he would he would have really been. Yeah. Like you just went ahead and said, "Up, oh, you deserve this. Go." And to your point, now he had a lot of success in 2019 at 19 years old in low A ball, and he batted 309 and was doing well. And they called him up to high A ball, and he dropped off a little bit. You know, I'm just going with batting average, but everything drops dropped down a little bit. But he goes to 290. So they're like, "Hey, man, that's pretty good. Let's give you 21 games in double A in 2019 at 19 years old, which is a huge level for." Uh, a 19 year old and he batted 253 so that's when okay is that enough for you to go up to one, the next level 
one hundred percent no. Not at not at two fifty three. The one hundred percent got me. So at at three oh nine in in low A ball and, and what he was doing there with a nine eighty one OPS. Yeah, let's send him up to high A ball after fifty games and see how high A ball goes. Then he's betting two ninety with an eight thirty eight OPS. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Let's give him the final month in, in double A, see how he does. It's a very high level for a nineteen year old, but let's just see. And at that point, that's where his progress stopped. That's where you saw a 253 batting average. Now, his OPS was 857, but in a short amount of time. And that's where, unfortunately for him, 2020 killed him because he should have started that year in AA. Instead, there's no baseball, and he just practices mm-hmm. for, a, for half a season. And then in 2021, he's in Tacoma. And he is batting 320 in 30 games with a over one OPS. And they sent him up, and unfortunately, it just could, it just never clicked for him. And for some reason, after that 2019 really nice minor league year, and then a month in the minors in 2021, he has really struggled to figure out the major leagues. And hopefully he does. The next guy I want to talk about is Joe Adele with the Angels. And I'm going to give you this from, from him real quick because he's considered a very high prospect who hasn't figured it out at the major league level. I haven't been to every Texas Ranger game, but I'm usually there when I'm doing the pregame show. I'm there for the visiting team's batting practice. Joe Adele hit a ball further than any player that I've ever been at for batting practice. It's batting practice. It's not a real game, but he hit one over our set, which has never been done in a game. I've had Mac, Mark McLemore, Bouchelle, they're there a lot, David Murphy, it's n- not in a real game has the ball ever been hit to the set or over the set. But in batting practice, there's been a few guys, and he's one of the few guys who can hit the ball that far. The thing is, is he seems to be a lot of flash, but there doesn't seem to be any consistency in his game. But see, with BP, that's why I hate, like, I love watching the the show that guys put on with BP. And, you know, I got lucky. I got spoiled watching guys that would, you know, do their stuff. Like, a guy that was very impressive to watch for BP and it's, I'm not saying it because you've you work with him too. Was David Murphy? He worked on every single thing. He hit the ball the other way, whatever. And then when it came time, the last round, that's when you can kind of just let it go and crush it. He would do it, and he would. He was very impressive to watch how far he was hitting the ball. But the thing is, when going from BP to actual game, it's a whole different animal because nobody's throwing 58 to you anymore. Right. You're now seeing 98. So there's a big adjustment of that, and that's why. You see a lot of the guys that come do early work, they have the machine turned up high, and they go with that. So I'm always curious to see how many guys actually go out and do that. Is he a guy that goes out and does the early work with the the machine cranked up, or is he just a guy that goes out for BP? The other thing about Joe Adele, uh, and it's not in this, I just have watched him enough for the Angels because you play him a lot. Now that changed. If you don't know the rules, you're not playing but 12 times against the Angels instead of 18 or 19 times. But he has no feel for the strike zone. He will chase. And so he gets himself out a lot. He gets himself in horrible counts. If you get two strikes on him, you don't have to throw him a strike. He will swing at a ball to get himself out. So he's got to figure out how to have plate discipline. As a pitcher, what do you do when you see guys like that? You don't don't have to throw him a strike. Right. So that's one thing that he needs to understand is if I'm watching you do that, you continue to expand the zone, and that's now in my scouting report, you are not seeing a strike. That's why like, when I face Josh... That one time when he came back from Anaheim, he was in his like cold streak to where he chases everything. So yeah. I knew going in, I'm not throwing this guy a strike. And look what happened. I got him out. Guy, like you got to pay attention to how guys are their approaches and stuff. And that that's a big thing. He has to me and what I'm hearing from you and not really watching him. He has no approach. He has no capability of knowing the zone at right. all. 
And to your point, this is where sometimes we get enamored with first round picks, and it goes back to when you were talking choppy about with choppy and and Bobby Belt about the draft. Is he was a first round pick too? So he was a high first round pick out of high school, a lot of money. Uh, so it's like he's gonna succeed, right? I mean, you gave him over five million dollars, and he's had a pretty good minor league career. Not great, but good. And he has just major league pitchers can take advantage of guys that swing at balls tremendously. You got to also be careful with the guys that are first round picks. For instance, I'll use Jackson Holiday, who just got drafted first overall. Guys like that are gonna. It's like they get that higher advantage of, oh, we're going to go ahead and move you up because of what right. you are. You can't do that. That's why I think we got to get back to the older ways of, all right, you've dominated this level. Let's move you up. Yeah, it could take some guys a little bit, and some guys it might not. Yeah. Now, the other two guys we didn't get to, it's it's okay because I don't think they're game-changing the guys. Real quick. Well, we'll talk. We're out of time because okay. we'll do this Wednesday. I'll save it for Wednesday. My Soto Acuna uh, discussion to have is the Astros uh, guy to watch in 2023 is Chaz McCormick. With the most approved, and for the athletics, who cares? They're going to lose 100 games. But it's going to be Ramon uh, Laureano, who's a great defensive player. doesn't mm-hmm. have a, a lot that I like offensively. But coming up next, we go back to NBA All-Star Weekend. Mac McClung and Kevin Durant says, it's good when we're requesting trades. Whoop. Next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.